most important thing is talk to him because it doesn't matter how angry you are, how mad, sad, you know, lost you feel, he can take it all and he will speak to your heart and he will woo you to him. You are listening to an exclusive interview on the Finding Faith Above podcast. I am your host, Shelby Hosfield, on a mission to help you find your true purpose in his great name after leaving religion. Here's a hint. It's all about grace, girlfriend. Here we are pushing past the baggage of religion and what this world has to give us and discovering how to live our purpose through God's grace, not works. I spent years turning my back on him after leaving the church, but he never gives up on us. Today, we are listening to a beautiful story of faith. Nothing speaks to our soul like a good transformation story in Jesus. This is Sunday School mixed with the best coffee talk with your girlfriends. You are listening to Finding Faith Above. Does a church determine our relationship with God? I don't think so, but that's what we're going to be talking about today in this episode. Such a cool story of how God works despite where we're at. Our guest today is Michelle McCoy. She is a board-certified functional health coach and holistic lifestyle advocate. She supports women with adrenal fatigue and autoimmune disorders, and she helps them to reclaim their health with anti-inflammatory lifestyle changes and natural solutions. But that's not what we're going to be talking about today. She has an amazing podcast herself where she dives much deeper into all of this. But today we are talking about her story, and it is so surprising how eclectic it is and how similar it is to my own. I was in shock the whole time she's talking. I mean, even down to the Bible verses that we both love and gravitate towards. So many things that when she was talking, I'm like, oh my goodness, like you could swap out so much of our story. And uh, we just have a lot of similarities, despite the fact that we come from different religious backgrounds. Clearly we are kindred spirits. So let's go ahead and jump on in. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So I talked a little bit about uh, your story and where you came from and what you do, um, but you want to just elaborate a little bit on who you are and what you do? Sure. I am a certified functional health coach and a holistic lifestyle advocate. So I really like to educate women about um taking back their health, reclaiming their health for um, optimal living and teaching them through healthy choices, healthy, healthy lifestyle choices. And um, it really trickles down into the family, which is a beautiful thing because I believe that women and mamas especially are the heartbeat of the home. And so what they do, what they learn trickles down into the family. And I just think that's so beautiful when you see that um, awakening in them and that, um, self-empowerment and just helping them to educate themselves so that then they can help their families. Um, so that is what I do. And I am basically reinventing a new season in my life right now. I am living in the empty nest, um, with my husband of 29 years. We have two adult kids that are now both married. So we have four kids total, which is pretty awesome. And we have four, we have three grand dogs. And so that keeps us very busy. And when they come on over and we just have a really good time together. And I, I got to tell you, it's so different having adult children compared to having littles. It's, it's just a totally different season in life. <laughs> 
I understand. I'm kind of in the, the rat race right now. So my kids are just entering into teenage time. And so for me, <laughs> I'm a chauffeur still because they don't have driver's yes. licenses. So it's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. That is so true. Yeah. You are definitely mom taxi going everywhere with the, the, um, sport equipment in the back and the smelly yes. socks and cleats and <laughs> all of that stuff. For sure. For sure. Oh my goodness. So I love though, that you, uh, are entering into this different time in your life also with your career as well, right? Yes. I recently followed the call that God put on my heart to step away from my job of six and a half years. He made it very clear that he wanted me to focus solely on my health coaching business that I had actually started seven years ago. Um, life happens, right? <laughs> and having, um, a child going into college and one not far behind. And um, it just was the time for me to kind of slow down on that and um, be part of that life, you know, kids in college, weddings and all of that. So now that everybody's through college, happily married and <laughs> all of that, um, it's time he made it very clear. It's time to step away and focus on um, kingdom work, really. I love it. I love it. So we've talked a little bit with each other about um, our past and kind of where we came from, but I'm super excited today to hear more about your story and how you came to find Jesus. So let's go ahead and jump in. Um, I know that these stories just help other women so much. And if anything that helped me when I was kind of going and finding Jesus and going through that time where I was searching and looking and everything, it was hearing other women's stories on what brought them to Jesus and just the empowerment that comes from women when they fellowship together. So I wanted to jump in and hear your story and, and where you came from with God and where you ended up. Great. Sure. Well, I am one of five children. I am the middle child <laughs> and um, yes, middle child syndrome is a real thing. <laughs> And um, basically, when I was three years old, my mom got involved in the Jehovah's Witness organization. So we never went to church or anything before that. My dad was raised in a Methodist home, and my grandparents were um, pretty regular churchgoers, and they honestly struggled with the fact that we were now being raised Jehovah's Witness. Um, it was never, it was never a situation where my parents were in agreement about this. My dad just kind of did his own thing. He never took us to church, but he never told my mom that he could, that she could not take us to the Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall. So she kind of just would always take us there. And so from the time I was three and then, you know, they went on to have two more kids, my brothers, we all went to the kingdom hall every Sunday. And, um, it's a very different environment. If you're not familiar with Jehovah's witnesses, it is, um, very much you're following what I call it a man-made religion. You're, you're essentially following what this 
this man came up with. Um, the founder is C.T. Russell, um, or was C.T. Russell, and he founded the Jehovah's Witness organization in 1872. So it was very much what their rules and their laws were. That's what you did. That's how you had to follow it. And as we got older, we began going door to door on Saturday mornings and just um, basically preaching. And so they would have the little kids start that. They We started young doing that. Um, so that was, that was very interesting. And again, my dad never told her that, you know, don't take the kids. You know, he just was very, I guess I would say passive about that and just let her, you know, raise us the way she did. And it was about probably when I was a teenager, early, early on teenage years, that I just was feeling like this isn't right. Something's not right here. It's not adding up. Um, it was really hard to listen. I actually went through periods of time where I would listen really intently to see if there was any, if, if I could see that there was truth in what I was hearing. And then there were there were times where I just literally would slump against the wall in the kingdom hall and just wait for it to be over. Like I actually got to a point where I didn't even care if I washed my hair. Like I didn't care what I looked like. I didn't care what, you know, I just didn't care because I just didn't feel like it was right. There was something off about it and it just didn't make sense to me. And now of course, this was, I was about 15, 16 before I really started getting a little, I guess I would say defiant. Um, I would try to stay home, but that was never allowed. And so I was the good girl. I was the one that did what I was told. I tried to stay out of trouble and I, I just really tried to follow the rules. So when I would push back, it never really went anywhere. <laughs> my, my sister was able to get out of the going lot, but for some reason, like I just didn't have the, uh, the strength, I guess, to follow through with that decision that I had made in the morning. So I would go and I would slump against the wall and it just would not feel like it was right. It just, it just wasn't right. And I absolutely believed in God. Like I knew there was a God. I'm, I'm very much in tune with nature and creation. So I knew, I knew there was a God, but the way he was being portrayed just didn't feel right to me. So it just always in the back of my head, it's like, well, this is your rule. This isn't God's rule. Um, for example, not celebrating holidays. They don't celebrate holidays. They don't believe in birthdays. They don't celebrate they don't even celebrate Christ's birth. And that really struggled with me. Those two things, birthdays and Christmas, that you wouldn't even celebrate the birth of Jesus who came to save us from our sins. Like, how could you not? Like, what was the basis behind it? So that was always a struggle for me. And then the other struggle was birthdays, not celebrating the birth of your own child. So that was really difficult difficult for me um, to just kind of wrap my head around. So fast forward, I moved out and I was young. I met my husband at um, 16. 
and we dated for several years. I got married at 19 and um, he, his story was he was raised in a Christian home. He grew up in a Baptist environment, but with the divorce of his parents, it kind of split and divided the church. And so he struggled greatly as a teenager through the divorce of his parents and the separation. And so he had fallen away. And so we honestly, we just didn't talk about it. We just, it wasn't, we both knew that we wanted to raise our children in the faith, but we just kind of left it for another day, right? And when I became pregnant at 21, we actually went to, a church that was very vibrant, very dynamic. It was down in Florida and his aunt and uncle's church actually. And they still go there today. And I was really uncomfortable. I was like, why are people raising their hands? Like, <laughs> like what is going on? This music is so amazing. It was awesome. But I was like, is this worship like shouldn't it be more reverent and stoic and solemn <laughs> right I totally was, get that I remember that too the first time I went to like a, a more of an evangelical church and I was like holy smokes like they're like for real worshiping like what is it yes. and it was so awesome and I really believe that that was the first time that I felt the Holy Spirit like nudging me and and just kind of saying hey there's more so once we got back home, we talked about it and we realized that, hey, we're going to have a baby and we need to figure this out, this, this church thing out, right? We need, we need to decide what we're going to do. And I knew that I wanted more for my kids, but we still didn't really do anything because my, honestly, my husband wasn't ready. He just, he had been so burned and he just wasn't ready. I was more eager than he was. And it was roughly around when our son was two and a half, we put him in a Christian preschool and it was, it was the best thing. Honestly, he's coming home singing songs about Jesus. Jesus loves me. And I was like, there is no way that I can deny this. Like I can't raise my kids, you know, by, by this time I had had, um, our daughter, they're three years apart. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to raise our children without God in the middle of it, you know, at the head. So, um, once, once I, I asked his teacher, he was around four at this point, I asked his teacher, I said, would you do a Bible study with me? And before that, um, I remember the day that I gave my life to Christ he was at preschool. My daughter was napping. I was in the middle of folding laundry. Something so domestic, right? So that just really made me realize that there's so much more to this life. And I wanted a part of it. You know, like I didn't want to be stuck in oppression because I had felt oppressed you know, at that point, most of my life. So, um, so then shortly after that, I started doing a Bible study with his teacher. And that was wonderful because honestly, I didn't know where to turn. Like I didn't even have a real Bible. I had a Jehovah's witness Bible that I was afraid to throw out. I was afraid that <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like I would get struck down <laughs> I threw this Bible out and she was so sweet like she she took it from me and she had given me a Bible and she said you know you're not ready you're not ready to to make this decision just let me hold on to it and that was the sweetest thing because when you are brought up with such restriction and rules and regulations, it's really hard. It's really hard to let that go because you feel like you're dishonoring in some way. So that was, that was really, really nice that she took that off of me. And, and I think I really was able to finally kind of grow I was a little more stagnant until that point so um fast forward we ended up having um a pretty serious flood in our neighborhood and um we ended up going through a four-year battle our house had flooded all the homes around us had all flooded and it was a pretty intense time um in our lives because we couldn't get out of the house um we were stuck there for four years and there was a, it was a big lawsuit involved and it was just kind of a mess. But through it all, I could just see and feel God's protection, his provision, his grace. Um, he was just with us through that all. And, and it just really, it really solidified in me that I was not alone in this life and to rely on Jesus for all of those details, you know, like how, I mean, we couldn't even rip up the carpet. Like we didn't have money to rip up the carpet. And we also didn't know what was going to happen to the house. So we didn't know if we were going to stay. We kept getting the carrot dangled. Like we're going to move you out. We're going to move you out. It was just such a ordeal. And so the whole time, like, um, he was just present. And at that time, I actually had started working at the preschool that my, my kids went to. So that was really nice because it was a complete Christian environment. There was all women. Nowhere else have I worked with all women where we all get along. <laughs> and it was just amazing to have so many women and just, you know, love on each other and, and pray for each other. And we would memorize scripture in the morning. So that was really awesome because that was how I was able to really, you know, hide God's word in my heart, right? Because that's what you want. You want to be able to come back to that and to know that that is something that you can rely on when, you know, stuff hits the fan. Like you need to know that you can count on what God's word is. It's true. His promises are true. And um, so Basically, I, we just kind of got really involved in the church. We started um, doing, our, my heart was kids. And so we started doing daycare, you know, you know childcare and all of that and um, all different ages and then taught a kindergarten class for a while. And just like, we were just really involved. And then we kind of moved up with our kids. As our kids got older, we moved up. So we started doing youth involvement in youth and drama and, and choir and all of that kind of stuff with the kids. And so it was really good. Um, and then I will say that, you know, 
life is not all roses just because you're a Christian, you know, just because you give your life to Christ. It's just not. And, you know, he never promises that it's going to be that way. Like in this world, we will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus says that. And just knowing that he is with us, though, gives us such a, a presence, just such a a focus on, okay, God, you've got this. So I don't have to stress so much about it. That doesn't mean we don't, right? <laughs> you know, we do, we stress, we agonize, we have anxiety over the troubles of this world for sure. And it's hard to get back. We give it to him and then we take it back. We give it to him and then we take it back. And that's why I believe that daily time in the word is so vital. I mean, it's just so important because if we aren't in the word every day, how are we ever going to know what he is saying for us, saying to us, say what his promises are? We're never going to know. And some things that were really important to me were little key verses that I grew up hearing and comparing them to what the Bible says about those key verses, like, you know, John 1 and, you know, in the beginning... <laughs> Yeah, oh my goodness, it's so funny in. that you said that because um, this past year, as I'm I, I just really learning who Jesus really actually is, you know, I'm going through this whole time of, of diving into the word and my daughter's school that I ended up um, homeschooling with her, they memorized that. And they memorized that and they memorized it also in Latin. And so I know the whole song oh, and everything cool. to it. But that particular verse, I feel like changed my life because that is the beginning. You know, I mean, that is, yeah. yes, it's so funny that you, this whole time, this, everything that you've been saying, I'm like, this is, this could be, you could take your words and put them in my story and it would mean the same thing. Just how you've kind of come through this is just beautiful. And I was going to ask you, I mean, church and Jesus are so totally two different things. So Absolutely. as you're saying this, like, is there something that you learned or something that you found from the Bible that really just the, the truth was so vastly different? Uh, what was that big thing for you? Was there something big for me? It's grace. Grace is the thing. A hundred percent. And I, because of our backgrounds, of course you would say grace. And I would say grace because once I really understood what Jesus did for me and his grace, you can't, well, for one, I don't know about you, but I had a really hard time accepting that. I had a very hard time accepting the unconditional love of my heavenly father. Like, I mean, years, I'm talking years. I had a really hard time with that. And I just kept plugging away. Um, just, you know, just, trusting in the word, even though deep down, I didn't believe it. Like I didn't, how in the world could you love me unconditionally? Right. I'm so rotten. Like <laughs> I'm just not, you know, we're all, none of us are good really deep in our soul. We're, we're, we're born that way. We're born sinners. And so, but we know our past and we know our life and we just have such a hard time, even though we ask Jesus to forgive us, we struggle with forgiving ourselves. And so therefore it's harder for us to accept grace, accept that gift of grace and the unconditional love. And once I finally wrapped my head around it, there are certain 
pivotal moments in people's lives that help this to be more clear, I believe. And for us, the flood, going through the flood, that was a pivotal, it was almost, because it almost happened within like a year of, you know, of my salvation. So it was, and, and they say that, they say that, you know, hey, anticipate going through something shortly after you give your life to Christ because Satan's like, hey, I want you back. Like, this is not cool. I'm going to entice you away. You're you're too weak. You can't handle that. And so it's really, um, you've got to get in the word, even if you're not understanding what you're reading at first, don't give up. You know, keep, keep reading that. And I believe, I wish I had known this then, but I believe kind of focusing on one verse or even one attribute attribute of God is way more important than you doing a read through the Bible in a year plan. Because then you get the character of God. You truly understand who he is and what he has for you and what he wants for you. And that is the only way that's going to help us get out of bondage and oppression. So I did the read the Bible in a year plans and I was checking it off my list, get it done, get it done. Oh, yay. Now I can go to bed. I read the Bible, but I wasn't digesting any of it. I was getting little bits of it. And so it wasn't until you really are focused attention, you know, intentional with your time. Um, And so there were, so John one, that was really, really clear to me. And then some other good verses that have really been my strength have been Isaiah 41, 10 and Isaiah 43, one and two. I mean, those, well, the whole book of Isaiah is amazing. (laughs) I just finished the study in Isaiah and it was just, it was so long, but it was so good. And I was just like, yes, yes, this is great because you really feel like he's speaking right to you. Which one uh, did you do? Was it one that I could get my hands on? Because I would love to do a study in Isaiah. I think Isaiah, between Isaiah and Romans, like those two for me have really just, I feel like that encompasses the essence of the Bible (laughs) with those two I love that. And then you get the soothing and the the assurance of Psalms. The Psalms are just so wonderful too. (laughs) But yeah, so I I did that through Proverbs 31. I highly recommend there's a first five app that they, they put out. And I have really dug into that in the last almost two years now. And it's crazy because I'm so interested. I'm doing a study in the morning and a study at night. Two, two separate studies. And I'm just loving it so much because, you know, I, I'm digging in, they're taking, you know, not just a bunch of chapters, sometimes just a few verses, and then they're just digesting that and, and dissecting it. And it's just so cool. It's just really neat. Um, so basically, um, focusing on his promises was really key to me. It was really key to me. And especially as your kids get older and they they go off on their ways, you know, I mean, it's it can be very scary having kids in college. And so I personally clung to Jesus even more because I had no control. There was zero control. I I didn't know what they were doing. I didn't know what was going on. Like, you know, you can say 
hey, you guys, go and do this, you know, get involved in this group and, you know, hang out with these people. And <laughs> But you're, you're not in control and they are chomping at the bit to be let loose at that age. So you just hang on to God's promises and, you know, they're true and they're right. And those are the things that we need to focus on. I love it. I love it. So where are you at today with, with God and with Jesus? I know you're doing all your Bible studies. Are you still involved in your church quite a bit then too? Well, we actually just switched churches um, last year uh, with, with the lockdowns. Of course, we're in 2021 now. And so with the lockdowns and everything, um, we were really searching for um, a church that was just really dealing with what we're dealing with today. And so, and, and just still just as on fire for the Lord as they were before it all happened. So we just switched churches, just became members. And um, yeah, we love it. Um, unfortunately, we became members like during the summer. So like groups are like everything's on vacation hiatus a little bit. So, um, but that that's gearing up to start up in September again. So it'll be really nice to be plugged in because I do believe that that's important. I feel like when I was younger and I was raising our kids, you know, you can get caught up in being at the church every time the doors open. And because you feel like it's more works-based and, and coming from my background that was works-based, that was another thing that was hard for me to break, that it was grace, again, going back to grace and not of what I can do. What, what am I doing? It's not what am I doing for you, Lord? It's like what you have already done for me. So, um, you know, we did that. We were there every time the doors were open and it just, it can, you can quickly um, be going for the wrong reasons and burn out because of that. So, I think but we are looking. Is, sorry. I think this is really encouraging though, too, because it, you know, your relationship with God is not dependent upon a church. It's dependent Absolutely. upon your heart and, and, you know, the relationship that you have directly with him. So if you were to go to any church, you know, as long as you're comfortable and, and it's, uh, for the Lord, that's what matters. It's not, a specific church that makes the difference. Absolutely. And then when you talk about denominations and everything, like, again, it's a relationship with Christ. And yes, we can have a relationship with Christ and never set foot into a church, but he commands us to not forsake the gathering of believers. So we are commanded to go and be around other believers and to worship because he knows and he, he knew when he said that, that that is what's going to fill us and fuel us and keep us strong in the faith before we go out into this crazy world, because we need to put on our armor, right? Um, I remember during a time of... <laughs> just a lot of unsettled. I felt very unsettled in my life um, for a, a little, for quite a season. And I just remember putting on the armor of God every day. Like I literally read it. I had it posted on my bathroom mirror. I was just because I had to, because if I left it to my brain, I would <laughs> forget. And I just had to kind of make that my 
morning ritual, put on the armor of God. And when I'm driving in the car, you know, put on the armor of God. And I would go through those verses. And whenever I started feeling anxious inside, I would just stop and like, okay, think about whatever is true, whatever is right. You know, that first, I, I can't recall which one it is right now off the top of my head, but I would go through that checklist. And sometimes I would only get to true, whatever is true. <laughs> and I would just camp out on that for a while because there's so much that we know that is true that, you know, God promises us. And so that's enough. That can be enough to wipe the anxiety away. So um, it's not easy. It's a practice. It is such a practice. Anything that you believe in strongly about and you, you know is right takes time it takes practice it takes intentionality um, that's become my, one of my favorite words intentional because I can make a choice to watch Netflix or I can make a choice to go in my bedroom close the door and dig into God's word I love it I love it I love it I love it is there anything that you would share with someone who is just coming into or, or still in that seeking moment where they're trying to find Jesus and they're, they're looking and they don't know where to go? What is one thing that you would suggest to them to help them to bring them closer to God? I would, there's a few things, but the main thing would be just to talk to him. Just, just to talk to him and just, you know, pour out your heart and just say, look, I don't know. I don't know if this is right. Show me, show me, prove it to me. And then fill your mind. You know, what we focus on is kind of where we end up going. So fill your mind with things that are kind of in this um, arena, right? So even if you're not a Christian, but you're seeking and you want to know truth, listen to a Christian song, listen to somebody um, do a short clip of a message, um, listen to the salvation message for sure. Um, just look up, you know, Bible verses on salvation, you know, look in, you know, John is a great chapter, you know, like you said, Romans, Romans is a great chapter. Um, but I would start with, you know, one of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And I, I would start with John personally, if it were me, um, I would not start. If you get a new Bible, I would not start in Genesis. <laughs> and I know that's counterintuitive to what everybody thinks, but I would not because by the time you get to the, the meat, the heart of it, you know, Jesus, Jesus is in Genesis all the way through Re Revelation. And like, he's there, he's there. Old Testament, New Testament. It's not just New Testament. He's there. He was there in the beginning. And that's again, going back to, you know, to John. And so I would start with John and then, um, you know, just listen to some music, listen to a podcast on faith. I mean, just really just keep searching and educating. But the most thing, most important thing is talk to him because it doesn't matter how angry you are, how mad, sad, you know, lost you feel, he can take it all and he will speak to your heart and he will woo you to him. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So I was stalking your website because I think it was awesome. And you talked a lot on your website about um, 
you know, really treating your body almost as a temple and taking care of your body and all that wonderfulness. And so I think you are an amazing person and I'd love it if you would tell uh, our listeners about where they could find you if they wanted to work with you, a beautiful Christian woman with getting in a better, healthy place all around. Okay. Well, wonderful. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. You know, websites are always evolving. (laughs) So um, yes, my website, treasuredwellness.com. You can find me on Instagram at mmccoy. So that's M-M-C-C-O-Y dot treasuredwellness. And I have a Facebook page um, at twellness. And then if you just want to email me your story, I would love to hear it. It's treasuredwellness at protonmail.com. And also you can find me on my new podcast, Treasured Wellness, uh, the Treasured Wellness podcast, Reclaim Your Health. I love it. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. I think this is just an amazing story to help women. I can't believe how similar your story is to mine. Everything you say, like, yes, I even coming down to, you know, finding a woman who will just go do a Bible study with you. I mean, I had that girl that was willing to just sit down and do the Bible study with me and almost go through it. Like I was a little kid, like she went through the Bible study, like I was a little kid and it was amazing. And I loved it. (laughs) Completely, completely. I have a friend who's now like writing a study that is on a child's level, but it's for new Christian women because, and that's not, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing because honestly, the study I did was a little overwhelming. (laughs) So if I could go back, I would love to have, you know, a more uh, layman's terms course. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that was my sister said when uh, I first came to Jesus, she said, go get yourself a children's Bible and just sit down and read the whole thing. (laughs) I was like, okay. I mean, just because you have to start at the beginning with it, but um, it could open up into so many other great things too. So Yeah. And I would like to say too, like if you are, um, a Jehovah's witness, or if you are, see, want to learn more about what they believe in, there's a great book called Jehovah's Witnesses, Jesus Christ and the Gospel of John by Robert Bowman. And then of course, I love Systematic Theology by Wayne Grodham. So those are two really good books. And it's not just about Jehovah's Witnesses, it's about other um, religions, some would say cults, um, you know, and just explaining the differences between what Christianity really is versus those. I would totally suggest systematic theology too. I've listened to that whole thing too. I'm a big audio book person. So I've, I've listened to the whole thing also. Well, the book is like an encyclopedia. So (laughs) (laughs) probably listening is easier, but it's great though. You learn so much. It's awesome. (laughs) So great. We actually did that in our Sunday school class years ago, which I know they don't call them Sunday school classes anymore, but back in the day, we went through that several chapters of it and it was so eye-opening and so wonderful. The tagline for my whole podcast and everything I do with finding faith above is the Sunday school you wish you'd had. So (laughs) absolutely. That's right. I love it. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll have to reconnect again sometime because this was a great talk and I have just really enjoyed getting to know you and your story and I love it. So thank you for coming on today. I would love that Shelby. Thank you so much. 
Are you more of a visual person? Well, I am too. In fact, I am an artist at heart. Head on over to findingfaithabove.com to find art that will inspire your faith, as well as videos and books and Bible studies and all the good stuff to help you on this faith journey, because together we can make his grace known. And if you feel like you're carrying a load of baggage and you just need a moment to be able to unload so that you can move forward with your faith, well then come join me for an unstuck session where we can grind out some of this more difficult things that we've been dealing with after leaving the church and move forward with faith and love in Jesus. Don't forget to subscribe and I will catch you next time on Finding Faith Above.